Metricast. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to the Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. At the age of 20, Susan Michelle attempted to end her life twice by ingesting six bottles of sleeping pills in an attempt to numb a pain she couldn't face. It wasn't until she developed a spiritual practice and found A Course in Miracles and faced her pain was she able to begin to heal. Susan is now a suicide prevention advocate and has released her book, Surrender to Joy, From Suicide to Serenity. She is now on a mission to help others turn their darkest night into their brightest day. After speaking with several suicide survivors recently, I'm finding that love plays a big part in their will to live and having something to live for. And I think this is a reminder for us all. This episode discusses suicide and suicidal ideation, which some people might find disturbing. If you or someone you know is impacted, help is available. Speak to someone today. Here in Australia, Lifeline is available 24 hours a day on 13 11 14. Welcome, Susan, to The Ethical Evolution. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Bindi. Thank you for inviting me on. Now, I'm a little bit excited and I, I kind of can already, you know, see what's going to come out of our conversation. But for those people who don't know who you are and what you do, can you go ahead and tell us? Sure. Uh, well, I'm Susan Michelle. I am an author, a speaker, Course in Miracles teacher and suicide prevention advocate. I just published my first book on Easter. It's entitled Surrender to Joy from Suicide to Serenity. It's based on the principles of A Course in Miracles, which I've been studying now for 33 years. So my story starts when I was 20 years old. I tried to commit suicide twice, and what I realized is I didn't really want to die. I just wanted to kill the pain. So I went through a long process of depression and recovery. After I recovered, I found A Course in Miracles, which is the first and only spiritual text that I found that uh, made complete and total sense. It just hit me 
at a core level. So this is what I've been studying and teaching now for 33 years. It's a metaphysical, spiritual philosophy, they call it. I call it a truth, but it is truly our way out of this hell that we have created here on earth. The earth is run by the ego, but our, our core is one of peace, love, joy, and happiness. So that's what I, I believe and that's what I teach. Amazing. And this is not the first episode where we've talked about uh, A Course in Miracles and, and I'll get into that a little bit deeper in a moment. Um, but I just want to step back a moment if we can. And I'm also going to just throw in a trigger warning here for anyone, you know, who may be dealing with issues that, um, you know, around suicide and things like that. Uh, we will be talking about that. So please, if you need a moment, take it now. But Susan, for you, what was it that led you to wanting to take your life? Growing up, I had so many insecurities. Um, I was bullied in school. Uh, my father was a control freak. He was, he was very emotionally abusive to me. So I just was was always feeling like I was on the outside looking in. I never I never felt a part of anything. I remember my darkest memory actually was just standing on the playground all by myself while all of the other children were playing. It might not seem horrible to some people, but to me it kind of set the pattern for always feeling like I never fit in anywhere. I always felt completely and totally separate, uh, which is interesting because that's also what A Course in Miracles says is our primary so uh, cause of pain, that we feel separate. So I had a childhood of, of not feeling good enough, feeling like I never fit in, feeling like I couldn't connect with anything. I couldn't connect with, with other people because I wasn't connected to myself. So this built up until at the age of 20, I decided, well, if only I could look good enough on the outside, then I would feel good enough on the inside. So I went through this whole process of changing my physical appearance. I got plastic surgery. I dieted. I worked out. I put together a portfolio of pictures. I went around to the different agencies uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, which is where I was living at the time. I got represented. I got uh, representation by the top agency there, and then I realized I got everything that I wanted in the external world, but I still felt as inadequate uh, and anxiety-ridden and stressed out on the inside. So at this point, I saw no way out of this inner angst, and that's when I tried to commit suicide twice by ingesting six bottles of sleeping pills each time. And that was the what I would call the dark soul of the night. It was just a, a very, very dark period in my life. Now, I've also recently spoken to another guest, uh, which we're yet to release um, at the time of recording, uh, who uh, was going through a whole series of different addictions and um, wanted to also take their life. And um, I, I do actually want to talk about this subject because it's it's personally impacted me recently by losing a friend. 
But, you know, one of the things that brings people back from that space of wanting to take their life is is finding something to live for. What would you say was the thing that you found to live for? During the time of, of that depression, I just stayed in bed. I ate, I smoked, I did anything that I could think of to escape the pain. And in terms of what I wanted to live for at that time, you know, it's, it's, it's a very good question, Bindi. I think I just realized that there was something here for me to accomplish in this world. And when I started getting out of bed, what I, what I did is, is I got a waitressing job. I started to take, take care of myself. I, I don't think I, I had any particular reason, like anything I wanted to live for at the time. I just think I just was so tired of, I was sick and bored of, of not being a part of the world. So I forced myself to get up. But by the time I found something to live for, it was five years later when I found A Course in Miracles. And that's what made sense to me. But when I picked myself out of the depression and got myself out of bed, it was because I was just tired of laying in bed all day. I think I was 20 years old. My life wasn't, wasn't going anywhere. And when I actually... I remember after I ingested the six bottles of sleeping pills, I could have died if I didn't get out of the bed because I ingested six bottles of sleeping pills and then I laid in the bed and then something in me didn't feel right about what I was doing. So I actually jumped out of bed. I ran across the hallway. I asked my mother to take me to the hospital to get my stomach pumped. So I don't know exactly what it was, but a part of me just didn't want to die. That's mm. all I, I can remember from that time. It wasn't something specific. Mm. And, you know, I mean, anybody that's in that space wanting to numb something and, and get rid of the pain, like they've all got their own kind of method. And six bottles of pills, like seriously, Susan, how the hell did you do that? Yeah, what I did is is I went to the local drugstore and I bought six bottles of sleeping pills and I hid them away until the day that I had it planned to take them. That's how I did it. And, and you know, nowadays there's laws in place on limitations of how many drugs you can buy and things like that because of those very reasons. So, look, I'm not by any means condoning any reasons for any, you know, abuse to yourself or, or, or taking your own life, but... You know, like uh, understanding where you are at in that moment, I think is is quite a pivotal thing for people to understand, um, and and you know, <laughs> the sheer insanity in that moment of, of trying to take your life. Really, like when we look at what a miracle life is now. One thing I I will say, Bindi, is I do remember lying there with six bottles of sleeping pills in my system. And I imagined my father lying over my dead body in tears. I wanted to feel a connection to him 
because he was always so stoic and and not he disconnected and I could never connect to him. So I I thought of myself dead on the floor with him crying over my dead body. And I imagine this connection that would that would come out of my death. So that is specifically the reason I tried to to take my life, because I felt no connection with him, with myself or with God. Did you ever reach a kind of conclusion with your father or no? Yesterday was my father's birthday. Mm. He would have been 99 years old. He uh, passed away at the age of 97 and near the end of his life, I was, I was taking care of him. It's me and my sister, but he was living closer to me in a nursing home. And every time I would go in to visit him, I would go in a few times a week. I was always praying for forgiveness because I needed to forgive him totally and completely in order to feel more connected to myself. And yes, I mean, he had dementia before he passed. He was very childlike before he passed. So that added to his vulnerability. He wasn't that stoic man that I knew midlife. He was he was completely the opposite. We would watch little Shirley Temple YouTube videos and he would just kind of bop his head back and forth like a child. So I guess for me... That was endearing. That was healing. Um, I still have challenges. It's not about him anymore. It's just about, I guess, certain parts of myself that I have not yet fully forgiven. I mean, I'm still a work in progress. But, um, yeah, I, I, I have his ashes sitting on a on a altar here that I've created in my room. And, and I do love him very much. And, and consciously, I think I've forgiven him. I think unconsciously, I'm still working through some pain points. So we, we did have a good relationship near the end of his life. Yes, we did. And, you know, can I just say, uh, we are so glad that you're still here and, and that you got to have those moments with your dad. Um, but, Tell us about how you found A Course in Miracles. When I was 25 years old, and I'm 58 now, so I'm going back, I guess, about 33 years, uh, I was in Manhattan, and I had restarted this modeling career, uh, and a... uh, friend of mine who I met at a job, a booking, invited me to a Marianne Williamson lecture in the Times Square area of Manhattan. Marianne Williamson is actually running for president right now. Mm -hmm. She's the most famous interpreter of A Course in Miracles that I know of. And when I listened to her speak, I just felt like I had find, found my path, mm. you know, to peace, love, joy, and happiness. Everything that she said made so much sense. And I listened to her for, for quite a few years. Uh, and I found a few other uh, teachers of A Course in Miracles that I listened to before I actually picked up the text myself. Because the first time I opened the book, it was I couldn't read it. I couldn't understand mm. it. 
But after listening to people interpret it for for about five years or so, I decided to to start reading it myself. And I've been reading it ever since. But initially, it was through Marianne Williamson, and I'm gr- uh, very grateful for her. And again, well, this this is where our paths kind of cross. So I also discovered A Course in Miracles thanks to Marianne Williamson, but I was 19 at the time. I'm nearly 50. Uh, and uh, I actually met Marianne Williamson last year uh, here in Brisbane. And um, yeah, incredible woman. I hope... I hope for everyone's sake she does get president just, 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 you know, between you and I. And, um, yeah, so what I have with me is actually a copy of A Course in Miracles. Um, it actually is the uh, text and workbook for students and teachers. So it's, it's a very rare copy. It's actually whew, at least 30 years old now. Uh, and it's a very big book, can I just say, uh, that I have in front of me. And I have used it in other podcast episodes uh, where I have had people who are teachers of Course in Miracles. And uh, one notably uh, on the show uh, was Netta Boyne from Amsterdam, uh, who actually has created an album of songs from A Course in Miracles. Absolutely incredible. But one of the things I love to do uh, is to ask those who know A Course in Miracles, um, is there a particular lesson that really resonates with you today? Yeah, um, there are a few. I, I, you know, I do the lessons most mornings And what I will say is each lesson, if you fully do it, will bring you to God. And all God is, is a place of unconditional love that exists within all of our minds. So uh, the lesson I have right here in front of me is God's will for me is perfect happiness. I share God's will for happiness for me. And just to say it is fine, but to really embody that is amazingly beautiful because God's happiness, in my opinion, does not come from anything of the world. Mm -hmm. It's not like I just got a better job or Mm -hmm. I just won the lottery or I just got a date with that special someone. When, When we talk about God's idea of perfect happiness, it's when we're connected to source energy, which is our true state of being. And that just comes from loving ourselves totally and completely. So, you know, when I, when I just focus on that thought, you know, A Course in Miracles also tells us that the world is not real. The external world is nothing more than a reflection of an internal condition. So just to, just to, it's not, and to, to intellectually understand it, like I said, is good, but to embody it is just amazing, is breathtaking. So I, I I don't think, Bindi, I have a, a favorite lesson because they're all really, really good. I know quite a few of the other lessons that I, I love focus on forgiveness. 
And uh, A Course in Miracles tells us over and over that the two easiest ways to connect to that state of peace, love, and uh, joy that exists within all of us is gratitude and forgiveness. So forgiveness is a is a biggie for me as well. I think that's amazing. And I think the other thing that's been very apparent when we talk about A Course in Miracles is that all of these lessons are connected. It doesn't matter where you open it up to today, what lesson it is, what number it is, they're all connected and they all are relevant to no matter what day it is. And so I've just opened the book uh, to lesson 78, let miracles replace all grievances. And it's kind of funny that just a couple minutes ago I said to you, what a miracle we are. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I just I just opened the the workbook here to lesson 69. Lesson 69 says my grievances hide the light of the world in me. And what that means is whenever we hold a thought of resentment or unforgiveness towards anyone we're blocking God's joy. We're and what and again, what is God? We're a part of God. So we're blocking our own joy by holding grievances. I mean, the world teaches that, you know, if if something is if someone did something to hurt us and we let it slide, we might be opening ourselves up to be hurt again. But in fact, the opposite is true. You know, when we can truly forgive the person who victimized us, that's when we're kind of clearing our channel and preventing it for from happening again, because everything is is energetically connected. So when we hold on to blocks, when we hold on to unforgiveness, we're actually setting ourselves up for a future attack. But if we forgive well, then we're just kind of learning the lesson that we needed to learn from that incident and preventing that same thing from happening in the future. So that's lesson 69. My grievances hide the light of the world in me. It's all about forgiving. And, you know, you part, know? part of that lesson, you know, it says to tell yourself, if I hold this grievance, the, the light of the world will be hidden from me. And if we relate that to your experience... If you were to hold that grievance, the light of the world would be hidden from you. But the fact that you've let go of that and you've moved beyond that, look at where you are now. It's all connected. All of it is connected. It's all connected. And and I will say too, I, I am a work in progress. It's not... It's not like a one-time deal. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I forgive and now I'm healed. It's, you know, I'm, I'm growing closer to God as time progresses. However, we are being challenged on a daily basis. You know, even Marianne Williamson was written up in the paper recently. Uh, she lost her, her temper mm. and it was all over the news here in America. I don't know if you've heard about that. Um, you know, and, and, uh, again, that's her humanity. We all have our challenges in Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we are human and, you know, I've just flipped over to lesson 91, Susan, and, uh, you know, miracles are seen in light again, connected, you know, there's a piece here. Miracles are seen in light. The body's eyes do not perceive the light, 
but I am not a body, what am I? Mm-hmm. Now, I was talking about previous guest, Netta Boyne. Uh, she actually has a song, I am not a body, I am free. Because, uh, uh, yeah, if you can check out her album, it is absolutely incredible. I think you will love it. Um, I, I, When I first discovered it, I could not stop playing it. Um, and if, if you go back to previous episodes, uh, she actually performs live uh, on the episode and it was like time stopped still. You know, it was an incredible moment where you could feel the energy in the air. It was just absolutely amazing. So, you know, when we can connect all these parts of ourselves and, and actually see that everything is connected like and and if we relate it back to our experience uh, just you know, just for you like that's incredible there's a whole uh slew of lessons here i am not a body i am free for i am still as god, god created, created me. me yep that's that's beautiful that's miraculous i would love to listen to her mm-hmm. and you know, what it's it's reminding us is that when I see your body, I'm not seeing you. I, when, I, when I can kind of look beyond your body and see the Christ-like state that exists within you, well, then I'm seeing you truly. Mm. And I also believe that's what Jesus did when he was alive from everything that I know about him. He actually saw through people's bodies. He saw through their their illness, whatever Mm. that illness might be, to the Christ-like state that existed inside of them. And by being so clear in his vision, he allowed whoever he he was looking at to feel that Christ-like state within themselves, and that's what allowed them to heal. So to look through the external is our way to feel our connection because bodies cannot connect. Souls and Mm -hmm. minds can connect. And of course, in Miracles is also telling us that God has but one son, and we are all part of that sonship. So... The truth is when I'm seeing us as separate, I'm not seeing the truth. When I'm feeling our connection, I am feeling the truth. And and that goes back to my suicide attempt too. You know, I wanted to, to leave this world because I felt separate. I felt no connection. And what I learned through A Course in Miracles is, is I mean, connection is what we all crave. Mm-hmm. But we can't connect to our, our brother as A Course in Miracles terms it. I can't connect to the other person that I'm with unless I'm connected to myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. And, you know, you're, you're an author as well, as you mentioned. Tell us about your book. Yeah, my book is right here. It is Surrender to Joy from Suicide to Serenity. And I teach the transformational truth of A Course in Miracles. I just published it on Amazon on Easter. And I basically, you know, write about my life. I write about my suicide attempt. I I write about why I, I tried to commit suicide. I write about a lot of the mistakes that I've made in this lifetime and what I could have done differently to avoid it. And I have uh, excerpts from A Course in Miracles 
scattered all throughout my book and I put them in a place to make them understandable to my reader based on on what I'm writing. I I have in my introduction, I have a a paragraph that was downloaded to me uh, a few years ago. And I write, my passion is God. God is love and joy and beauty. He is all that is good in the world. Everything else is our own miscreation. When we are filled with joy, we are connected to God. When we are not joyful, we have lost our connection to all that is real. This is my message. It can be clarified with three simple words, surrender to joy. There is nothing to find. All we need to do is surrender. Um, And then my introduction goes into my suicide attempts. That particular paragraph to me embodies everything that A Course in Miracles is teaching, you know, because as you know, I'm sure A Course in Miracles introduction says nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists, herein lies the peace of God. So what that means is only the love is real. Mm. So when we're when we're feeling connected, we're living the truth. Um, and when we're not, when we're feeling disconnected, we're living a lie However, I also believe strongly that the darkness needs to come to the light. Mm -hmm. The uh, repressed wounds that we have in our unconscious mind needs to surface in order for true healing to occur. And uh, that's Freudian psychology, which I also see a lot of psychology in the Course in Miracles teachings. Mm, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you there. And yeah, wow. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people, again, that I talk to uh, about A Course in Miracles and they have downloads too. Like what they create from that space um, is divinely guided. Uh, and, you know, I quite often talk about on this show that this whole concept of this show and, and, you know, the message that I'm spreading is all divinely guided. I'm just here to be a vehicle for it, you know. So um, if we can listen to those messages and, and just take them on and, and, you know, deliver them to who needs to hear them, that's that's what we're here to do, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> Uh, there's so many uh, similarities. The more people that I get to talk to, we're more united in our struggle than anything. And, um, you know, just just talking to you, there's so many, you know, things that we can connect with on so many levels the more we dig into it. And I just I find that so fascinating and, and that's why I love what I do here on this show. Um, now, if people want to get in touch with you, Susan, and find out more about your book and what you do, where can they go? Surrender to joy.net is my website, www.surrender to joy.net. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then the uh, book is, is available in Amazon right now. So I'm excited about that. Yep. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Now, I've got a last big question for you, which I can't wait to hear your answer on. What's the change you'd love to see in the world and how can we bring it to light? The change that I would like to see in the world is I would like to go from fear 
as it is being run right now to love and forgiveness. I, I would like people to start taking responsibility for how they're feeling instead of projecting their unhealed wounds on to other people. I think that's how the change is going to happen. I mean, basically, of course, in Miracles tells us that eventually we're all going to make it home to heaven. You see, of course, in Miracles, unlike the, the traditional religions, does not believe in hell. Mm. Hell is just a play, a state of mind that we that we experience when we are completely disconnected from our creator. You, eventually, we're all gonna gonna make it to heaven, and heaven is just a place of unconditional love, peace, love, joy, and happiness. And I think in order for more people to get back to heaven, is is what we need to do is we need to forgive. We need to take responsibility for whatever it is we are feeling. And then by taking responsibility for those unhealed wounds, we're able to release them and learn the lesson that we were supposed to learn. So, so instead of projecting our unhealed wounds, more people need to start taking responsibility for their unhealed wounds. And that's how healing will occur faster. Again, the two fastest ways to heaven are gratitude and forgiveness. So to just make that change as quickly as possible, people need to own their pain. Mm. There's another, there's another that I just thought of. There's another amazing poem, and I have this in my book. It's called The Invitation by Araya Mountain Dreamer. Have you ever heard of that, that poem, Bindi? No, I in haven't. The, in, the, in the middle of her poem, she has this line. She, she says, I want to know if you can sit with pain, mine or your own, without trying to hide it or fade it or fix it. So what that's about is just taking responsibility for your feelings. And then in the next line, she writes, I want to know if you can dance with joy, if you can allow the ecstasy to fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without cautioning us to be careful, to be realistic, to remember the limitations of being human. Now, why is that line about joy immediately after the line about pain? Because in order to get to the joy, we need to own the pain but the only reason we need to own the pain is to see that it has no power over us. So the change that I would like to see in the in the world is I would like the, to see the world transform from a fear-based thought system to unconditional love. And the process to get there in, is basically includes sitting with, with our pain instead of projecting it. That's the way we're going to get to love. Oh. I'm in. <laughs> Can I just say I'm in? Like really, and, and what you've dug up there is, you know, hurt people hurt people, right? So if we can, and, and, and today we're so conditioned to numb the pain with whatever we can get our hands on. And this is, this is the root of it all. It's, you know, any mental illness we have, any 
a lot of our medical conditions we have are all because of things that we don't want to face and pain we're trying to hide. And yes, if we could just face it, deal with it, heal it, imagine the change we could make in the world. Yes, very well said. I agree with you 100%. All the, the substance abuse problems are because there's something that we're trying to hide. And that's another thing that I learned through my own uh, depressive episode and suicide attempts is that I needed to allow myself to feel those feelings Mm. that were in my unconscious mind instead of running away from them. And when I realized that, that's when the healing started to occur Mm. because you can't escape the feelings. The feelings are, are there. We're human. We're designed to have feelings. We're we're not robots, and we're not animals. You know, like we have feelings, so we we're designed to feel the feels. So, like, I don't know why we try to numb that and and run away from it because that's where all the pain is created. So, anyway, go figure. Look, Susan, mm-hmm. it's been an absolute joy being with you. Um, thank you so much for being a part of the ethical evolution. Thank you so much. I I greatly enjoyed this. This was wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution Podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.